0: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Attack & Release Show. My name is Matt, and I am joined by my good friend from Nashville, Sam Moses. On today's episode, we're going to be talking a bit about how you should make that full-time transition into uh, the audio world, doing that 100% of the time with all of your time. And if that is the right move for you, for some, that might not be the correct move. So, I'm not in it. Sam is. Uh, I ultimately would love to be in it one day, but right now is not the time, and I'm aware of that, and I know what I need to do in order to get there. Um, so, yeah, with that said, Sam, you ready to hop into this? Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's do it. Here we go. <laughs> I feel like the Mario thing, like, let us go.
1: let us go. There you go.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> I feel like that intro was good that you just did.
0: Yeah, so we're going to chat a bit about what you should do. I don't even know if we're going to use this part. Whatever. <laughs> so, Sam, should you go into full-time audio? Like, is it a good move? Is it a bad move? Is it, like, is it scary? Is it terrifying? Mm-hmm. Yes. Is it, all like,
1: euphoric? <laughs> how 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 is this? So, I basically would say yes to all those things. Um, the transition for me going into full-time audio... Um, I've, I've talked a little bit about my story in the past of how I kind of got here, but essentially I was, uh, my music journey started like 10, maybe 10 plus years ago actually, but mm-hmm. I was in a band, did the band thing, cut an album, did some shows, got some momentum and then it dissolved extremely quickly, um, as our band just was on way different, different wavelengths. Yeah audio joke, wavelengths. Um, but, but, can you put a sample in there? Yeah, I'll put a sample in there. (laughs) We need a soundboard, by the way. I could start doing that. (laughs) Um, but yeah, when, when the band thing ended, I basically, I was engaged and I was about to get married and, uh, I realized that we had paid all these studio people and producers money up front, regardless of Mm -hmm. if we made any sort of money. And I thought, that's a pretty sweet gig to get paid up front, regardless of if, you know, the song does well. And so I kind of went back and started my journey into the studio world. And at that time, I was super, super part-time in audio. Mm -hmm. Um, I worked part-time at a salon in Chicago doing marketing and, uh, social media stuff. And this would have been eight, nine years ago. And, um, I was basically just doing the intern thing, watching people, um, do studio things. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. I I literally yeah. was just fly on the wall trying to soak everything up. And, um, you know, long story short, basically I eventually, started engineering and producing and mixing. And at that time, I was still working different jobs. And um, if you fast forward six years, basically I was um, working full-time at a large church in Florida and I was doing audio and I really was at a point, about six years into learning, um, I finally got to a point where I was like, I think I want to try and make this leap into full-time audio, meaning like I Mm -hmm. quit my salary job and I just become dependent on my music money for, you know, as long Mm. as possible. And I talk with my wife and basically over those last six years, I was consistently working a job probably almost full-time, um, and then when that job would end, I would work basically full-time audio on top of that. Mm. And during that time, I would be, you know, I literally did anything I could do that would pay me. And it was a mm-hmm. lot of scrambling and a lot of learning and trying to just work with anybody and everybody. And I really was not in the best place to, um, to do audio full-time, which was a... My huge shift in from part time to full time, like the thing that changed me the most, was I went uh, to mix with the masters, and I, uh, one of the instructors there, basically um, told me that if I wanted to do audio full time, if I wanted to become one of the best engineers or producers or mastering engineers, then I needed to leave where I currently was and put myself in a position to actually succeed. Hmm. And that changed my life because I immediately looked at what I was doing and I had become a big fish in a small pond situation and I was doing good work, but there was no one really I could learn from. And because of that, I had really plateaued in my potential Hmm. of doing music full time, if that makes sense. Um, and so after that trip, my, I came home and I basically told my wife, we got to move to Nashville and I want to give this thing a go and put myself in a position to actually make this work. Um, because at that time, going full-time in Florida felt like a pipe dream. Like it would have been a freaking miracle to make that work and to probably, you know, keep growing. Mm-hmm. And so, so, yeah, we moved – and I literally took the most large pay cut I've ever had in my life from salary, mm. benefit job, to packing everything up, moving to Nashville with one project lined up. Um, that got me like through the first week of bills in Nashville. And then from there, I just like started to hustle like crazy. And it was a hustle meaning like, I just started meeting people, as many people as I could, and I quickly found that in Nashville I could just go out to a bar and meet like a hundred different people that did music. As opposed to Florida, if I went out, I was the music person and no one else Mm -hmm. did music. So there was this immediate like kind of light bulb click that came on to me on like for me, which was like, oh, people do this all the time here. They're full time doing music. Here, Like, this is what they do. Um, it's not weird. It's not strange. It's not, uh, I mean, it's hard, but it's something that's very attainable. Whereas in Florida, it was like, there's like three people in town that can do audio where in Nashville, it's like, there's literally tens of thousands of people here that do audio full time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that transition that gave me hope immediately by putting myself in a position where I could actually like see people succeeding and um, immediately opened up opportunities to get more work um, and start to learn from people that were making essentially the songs I was hearing on the radio. Yeah. Um, and so from there, like, I feel like I kind of got on steroids with my, like, my career and my skill level because there was just such... Uh, there's just such a saturation of talent here, which is a good, and a, I, to me, I only view it as a good thing now. But, I mean, a lot of people look at it as a bad thing because there's so many talented people here. But it's a matter of, like, figuring out where you fit, you know, in the big puzzle of mm-hmm. of music and in life, but in music specifically. And I think for me that was the biggest game changer of figuring out, okay, I'm part-time, you know, part-time audio. I want to do full-time. In order to do full-time, I need to figure out, you know, we kind of talked about this in the client episode, like what do I do and and where do I fit? What's my lane? Mm -hmm. Um, And once I figured that out, then I had something to market and then I started getting more and more work. And being in Nashville... um, you know, essentially you have unlimited opportunity. And for people listening who aren't in a music city, you have the internet, which is like the most insane tool ever. And it's free to ever created. Yeah. Like you can message 1000 people a day. (laughs) Like you can, you could message a thousand studios, a thousand artists a day. Um, You could hire a company to do it for you or you could do it. And I think for me, like here in town, it was just so uh it was so much easier to build relationships and to see mm-hmm. oh, if I get ten studios to give me their work out of uh the five thousand that are here, uh then I can actually do this like I can make mm-hmm. a full time living and make more than I probably ever would have made in a corporate job, and mm-hmm. like I can see this working, and I'm just getting started, you know. Um, and so that was kind of like, that's kind of my, my transition. Um, and the big thing for me was like nailing down my bare bones budget of like, this is what I have to make to eat, pay for Mm -hmm. my health insurance, keep the lights on and like to have a roof over my head. And that became... For my wife and I, like, our goal each month was, like, I want to make that amount of money um, to pay that off music. And so that means I need to do X amount of songs, X amount of albums, X amount of projects to hit that number at my current rate to make that happen. And so then from there, I just reverse engineered it of doing that, of saying I need to do, you know, two projects back then, you know, two projects a month to pay our bills and for us to eat and sleep. And so I would literally pound the pavement until I hit two projects. And then after that, I would just keep going. And, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of hard work. <laughs> like I've worked harder at this than I, than I ever did in any corporate job or like salary job I've ever had mm-hmm. because it all at the end of the day rises and falls on you. Like you're the only one stopping you. I'm doing it full-time because like I just said you could like contact a thousand people a day and for me like I just I never stopped contacting people until I had the amount of work I wanted and was making the amount of money I wanted and that just took a ton of discipline and a ton of sacrifice of not like going out to eat not Spending fifteen dollars on cocktails in Nashville every other night, uh not you know I didn't go to shows. I didn't buy things. I just kind of like fully hunkered down for like three straight years and um and busted my butt and then eventually it started really picking up to where I am now, which is like now you know it's super consistent um and i'm I'm doing things I never thought I would be able to do and i'm definitely full time and um i think you know with this like full time just looks so different to everybody because full time for for me is based on like my wife and i's budget and goals mm-hmm. of what we want to do the type of lifestyle we want to live and so we may like i know there's people in town that make more money than me still on audio and they're still not full time like they're still mm. a waiter at a restaurant because they've decided that the type of lifestyle they want to live requires them to have two jobs or, you know, something like that, which is fine. Like if that's what you want, that's fine. I literally don't care. You know, it's your life. And I, I decided that, you know, I'd rather have the freedom to create my own schedule and work on music and not have to go work a different job. And so we've always kept like our bills very low um, Mm. in order to keep that going. And, um, that's kind of like the story in a nutshell of how I did it. (laughs) Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. So more getting back to that part of you taking that leap and moving to Nashville and going full time, like how, like, I know probably a handful of people who listen to this like are married. How was your wife with that whole thing, you coming back? <laughs> I also think it was kind of interesting you weren't full-time and you went to mix with the Masters. Yeah. I never knew that about you. Yeah. Um, but how was uh, you You coming back from that and you went to France where that is? Yeah. You coming back from that, how how was your wife with that whole, we need to move? From I mean, Florida to Nashville.
1: She was like fully on board. Like she's been my one of my biggest fans since day mm. one. Even when I was in the band, she was like, "You're gonna like this is what you're supposed to do." Like she believes in me more than. I mean, I think I believe in myself now as much as she does, but it's taken eight years. Um, but yeah, I mean, she was all for it. Like she, this is why it's important to have people in your life if you're not married you know, find, hopefully you have good friends or family that can affirm you. And she just kept seeing like audio being something that I was extremely talented in, like more than anything else I was doing. Um, as far as jobs, jobs go or like line of work. Mm-hmm. Anytime I did audio, it was like, Oh, you're creating something that most people can't do. Like people can't do what, you know, she'd be say like you do things people can't do. Mm-hmm. And, eventually I started believing her. And so when I came back from mixed with masters and I was like, we got to move. She was like, yep, let's do it. <laughs> and that was it. Like I had, I had the luxury of having a wife that supported that. And, um, you know, it was one of those things at that time we were, I mean, I'm only 30. So mm-hmm. I mean, we got married, she was 20 and like, we were young. And still young, we yeah. have kids. So, like the move for us was it—it um, it was intense because we literally packed up, left salary jobs, and came to Nashville with no jobs um, and like you know one month of savings. And, um, you know that it was it was a leap of faith, but it was one of those things that I knew. And I was just at a point where I was ready to put in the 40, 50, 60 hours focusing just on music. Yeah. And I thought, man, if I could just if I could gain an extra 40 hours a week um by quitting my salary job and then having say like 80 hours a week to focus on music. If I was doing like 40 hours real job, nine to five, then 40 hours music on top, you know, if I could have 80 hours a week, I thought. I could probably make this work. Like I could contact enough people, especially if I put myself in a town where music's being made every day. I thought, well, this seems, this kind of makes sense to me. Like I could yeah. do this. I can make this transition uh, and spend 80 hours a week just reaching out to people and and finding bands and studios where I feel like I'm a good fit and um, and doing it. And I think that's, you know the first year we we made that transition i mean i i think we made i think i don't even know we made like 25% of what we were making the year before hmm. it was like insane it was like 75% pay cut hmm. dang and um and i and i have to say like we sacrificed a ton i mean we cut like car insurance down to bare bones health insurance down to bare bones we stopped buying like alcohol we stopped going out to eat. We didn't go on vacation. We didn't buy anything. You know, it was one of those things where it was agreed upon of like, this is what we're doing because we see the potential. Like we Mm -hmm. can't live our lives without giving this a try. And I think my thought process, and this is what I tell people too, is like, realistically, you can always move back wherever you could probably get the same job wherever, most likely, or a similar job, if you really had to. So that was my thought was like, let's move to Nashville. I want to give this a try for a few years. If I need to get a job, I'll get a job. I'll go, you know, I have a degree. I'll go apply. We can make like, it'll be fine. You know, that was kind of my, I don't even want to call it plan B because I was so freaking focused on plan A, which is music. Yeah. But it was just you know it is the reality of like we have the luxury of um, of being in America that like if you're willing and able like you can probably get a salaried job with benefits you know in a couple of weeks if you really apply to different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that was like you know that was a comf- that was a comfort of knowing like okay if this just doesn't work like I could probably get my old job back, I could move back to Florida, I could stay in Nashville, I could move back to Illinois, Chicago. Like it was one of those things where I was willing, I was willing as a person to have that like on my record. And I think a lot of people struggle with that because it makes you look like, you know, nobody wants to fail, nobody wants to move to a town and then six months later move away and be like, oh, that didn't work. Because like people, we care a lot about what people think and for me, when I made that transition from part-time to full-time, it was a complete abandonment of what people thought. It was the start of that. Because when I started telling people, they were like, you're crazy. You know, and I think a lot of people I knew that were close to me thought, why would you ever leave this salaried job with benefits? You live like a mile from the ocean, <laughs> like in Florida. Why would you just leave all that to go move into like a crap apartment Eat beans and rice, and attempt to do music. You know, don't
0: hate on beans and rice. That's one of my favorite meals. I know, I love beans and rice. (laughs) Might be a southern thing,
1: but I love beans. Turns out, I love it. Started eating it so much, I was like, I love this. (laughs) So, but yeah, I mean, that transition was like, I don't know how else to describe it other than, as soon as I decided I was doing it and I quit my job, my Mm -hmm. salary job. I felt freaking alive. <laughs> like mm-hmm. there's yeah. nothing more um, life-giving or like resetting that spark than knowing like, oh my gosh, quit my job. I've got to actually do something now. This is where like the complaining stops. This is where like I stop going on Facebook forums and gear slots and I stop giving the reasons why X, Y, and Z isn't working and why I can't like get clients and like <coughs> debating gear Like all the bull crap had to end immediately because it was like, no one's paying me anymore. So if I want to make money, I got to figure this out. And that was the reality. I mean, that to me was enough spark to like get me going to be like, okay, like I'm going to contact as many people as I can until I start getting work. And then once I get work, then I just keep, I keep going. Like that's literally my story is like I keep going and I keep going and I keep showing up. And that's like to me the name of the game is like you have to have like this long-term 30, 40-year vision to me to make this full-time leap because it's really like the first couple years of doing it for me was like I wasn't making a lot of money, but I saw the potential of what could be. So, like, if you can get one person to pay you 100 bucks an hour to do something, chances are you could find, like, 1,000 other people eventually to give you 100 bucks an hour, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Especially if you're turning on a solid product. Exactly. And so I f- figured, like, okay, if I can get one person to pay me this rate, I started, like, when I was in town, I started as, like, engineering. And I just did, like, a day rate of $100 of, like, engineering. So that's, like... I'm working 10 hours a day. I'm basically making 10 bucks an hour to engineer. But, and that's like, you know, super low (laughs) rate Mm -hmm, for engineering. Um, Even if you're terrible, that's still super low. Um, Terrible is not the word I want to use if you're new, basically. Um, And so is it a you get what you pay for type rate? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, in Nashville, it's like I was... I was giving a way better product than ten dollars an hour, but I thought, yeah. you know, I thought, well, if I can just start getting work in at hundred bucks a day, I work, mm-hmm. you know, every day essentially, then I've made three hundred or I've made thirty six thousand dollars a year essentially mm-hmm. before taking out tax. So make far less than that, but you know, to me, when I started looking at it like that, of like I could charge hundred bucks a day and make thirty grand a year which is something, which was like, you know, what most people start out in an entry-level salary job. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people start out, you know, lower than that in like mm. front desk stuff or whatever at a corporate company. So I thought, well, if I could do that year one, you know, then what could I do year two if I raise my rate to say $150, you know, a day? And then all of a sudden you're making, you know, you. You go from thirty-six to like fifty. And then all of a sudden you're only year two in and you you're making, you know, say fifty grand a year. And like you can quickly, for me, it was like, Oh, I can see how this works. And I'm still charging like less than most people's day rate to engineer, which is like yeah. three, four, five, six hundred dollars a day and up. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of quickly see, obviously that would be if you're working every single day of the year, which is not fun. So you have days off and you have some slower times but i think for me it was all putting it was a constant daily like putting into perspective this is what it will take to make this amount of money and i need this amount of projects or hours or day rates to make this happen so that's what i'm going for this month or this year yeah. and then after that you just keep upping it to to whatever you really want to be at you know, honestly, because mm-hmm. when you're self-employed, it's like sky's the limit. You can make as much as you want or as little as you want. Um, So that to me was like a big eye-opener thing is I had never really sat down and reverse-engineered everything and saw mm-hmm. like this is the amount of money and projects it'll take, and then I thought, oh, this is pretty doable. Like I could do this. I can. I can get people to give me that, you know, amount of money to... To do what I'm doing, um, and so that's how it kind of started. Like it started super slow, and um, you know, I had tons of sacrifice. And then it started to grow and grow, and then it was a snowball effect. Like I, I just kept showing up to different studios and to different sessions. And one of my biggest sessions that like pushed me really forward, and like I'll call it like a level jumper. I was with a larger CCM artist and I was like, uh, I was making tea. That's what I was doing each day for this, <laughs> for this album. I was making tea and opening and closing doors and getting sushi. And, um, I basically ended up, you know, the artist got sick, the engineer who was doing it got sick, then he had to go on tour and then things got delayed like six weeks. And then the artist was like, hmm. maybe we'll just go do this in California um, and I was like, uh, my buddy and I, my buddies who own the studio and I was making tea was like, well, I could engineer it. Like I can, yeah. I can do this, you know? And so they were gracious enough to be like, okay, we'll give you a day. Let's try it. You know? Hmm. And literally then from that day, like the day went well, um, and then they were like, okay, we'll keep doing it. And so then I engineered it. And then I ended up mixing the whole album. And then from hmm. there, you know, I I leveraged that, um, not in a sleazy way, but it was just like, yeah, I actually did this work and it turned out good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and people like it." Yeah. And so that projected me up a few levels instantly with credibility. But that story, like, that story was like, so huge for me and that time was so huge because it was me showing up you know for two straight years at the studio making tea and like helping my buddy out at his studio and I did yeah. more than make tea when it wasn't you know a, a bigger session but that was me just like showing up and doing whatever it takes like serving the artist like whenever you're doing mm-hmm. audio you're it's not about you never it's never about you and if you think it's about you you're not going to make it. Like you won't. Mm. Because you're getting hired to do a service and you're getting hired to support an artist and they can go anywhere they want with their money and their time and their talent. And I at that time like my role for this album was making tea. <laughs> and so that was my my album credit. That's what you did. Yeah, I made tea. And then when the opportunity came I felt confident, like, yeah, I can do this, I know how to record things like i can I can do it, and so I did it, <laughs> like i don't know how else to say it. it's super simple, but it was being able to be in that opportunity that I feel like just would have never happened anywhere else, you know in the country at that time um, for
0: me. something that I found working for myself for the past i don't know how long um that i could never put it into words until i heard it um and who said it was uh gary vaynerchuk recently uh and i think i sent this to you he said i could always tell if somebody's going to make it or not like make it the long haul like like talking with them breaking bread with them whatnot and here's how i do that it's if they complain within the first hour yeah yeah. And if you're going to do that then you're just kind of done. Right? right? When you when you work for yourself, you really need to <clears throat> you need to think on the fly. You need to like you need to think your problems through. You can't just be whining and complaining about it and yeah. this is why I don't have work and this is why this is going this way and nothing's working out for me, boo hoo. Right. It's like the person who ends up making it is the person who is persistent, the person who has fortitude and the person who persists through right. all of the negative stuff that comes up because, I mean, you're not going to work for yourself for your whole life and never encounter a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. You're never going to work for yourself for your life and never going to encounter something like like, like a dry spell and work. Mm-hmm. So you're always going to have these things. That you're going to have people say bad things about you. right? And it's like someone saying that a master of yours or something like that doesn't sound good. It's like, well, maybe it wasn't you. Maybe you tried your hardest to work with a mix engineer and that wasn't the best type of relationship. Communication wasn't on or whatever. But it's like, you can't let that get you down. You just, that project was a learning lesson. You learned how to communicate. Let's move on. Absolutely. And it's like, I don't really view anything as like a failure. Even even some of the, like the biggest things that could be considered failures in my book um i mean you can't you can't just cop it up to a failure right. it's like what did like what did you learn like what did you bring from that yeah it's like some of the some of the times when i've run a business that hasn't worked out whether it was my fault or not i mean that can't be copped up to a failure because things that happened because of that season of my life are far greater than that business no longer being around absolutely so it's like so what if something doesn't work a couple times right <laughs> who gives a shit exactly pick it up yep pick it up go back to work the next day it's like if i like if if something's happening in my mastering business that's not working well and someone's not liking my work Okay, that's fine. I'm still going to go back to work the next day, and I'm still going to get it done. And I remember uh, (laughs) we had this saying when we were at the Citadel. It was a military college I went to. We had this saying that we'd joke around with each other like our, our classmates. And anytime they'd complain, we'd always say, it's never too late to quit. (laughs) <laughs> and even on graduation day, we'd always joke around and say <laughs> to one another, "Be like, it's never too late to quit." Mm-hmm. Even when one of us like complains in regular day life, that's that's <laughs> something that's said. Um, I like that. So, and we'd we'd always just joke around, but it was the whole thing of uh, you could quit at any time. That's why I don't understand people who quit. Yeah, it's you can quit at any time. Yep, but like you have to be motivated enough. To say those two words. Yep. I quit. And I refuse to ever let I refuse to ever let those words come out of my mouth. Yeah. And it's like, so long as you do that, you're still in the game. Absolutely. And you're still playing and you're
1: still fighting. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, get the hell back up and get back in yeah. it. And that's so, that's something like that mixed with the masters too. I the guy like told me he basically was like, I, you know, this guy's like super successful, 20, 30 years in the industry, Grammys, Platinum Records, et cetera, awesome studio. And um, he basically said, he by default started to become the guy because everybody else started quitting after five years, 10 years, yeah. 15 years. And the more people quit, he became the guy with the most knowledge, the most wisdom. Yeah. And that becomes super valuable. Like, and that's what he kind of told me. He was like, if you move to Nashville and you don't quit for 20 years, he's like, I don't care if you're like not making it for the first 20 years. (laughs) He's like, but I promise you after like year 20, like you're going to be the mastering engineer by default because you've just been around town Enough, and you know enough people that everybody yeah. else has probably quit after twenty years. <laughs> and I'm oh, like, and that's so oh, that's valuable
0: brilliant. too. That's so valuable. Yeah. And when I when I first started doing stuff in Charleston, it was really funny because you ran into a bunch of guys who you would start talking about audio and whatnot, and you ask them what they do, and they'd say they mix and master. Yeah. And they'd ask you what you do, and I'd be like, I just master. Yeah. And they're like, really? And it's like, yeah, I don't do anything else. I don't want to do anything else. Um people who are mix engineers and producers and engineers, I mean, y'all, y'all have a blessing that y'all can listen to like the same guitar part for (laughs) hours, days, years, however a project takes. I can't do that. I can listen to the same two track for however long I need to, but I can't, I can't work until a guitar parts, right? I mean, that's, that, that's a little too much. So, so God bless y'all. That's, uh, but it's, when, when, like, I I heard a quote, and it's actually by a client of Sam's, and she'll probably never hear this podcast, but it was by uh, someone whose name is Christiana Benton. She has a band, and I'll promo anybody who, like, is crushing it. Yeah. And she has a great band, The Still Small Voice. Yeah, go look it up and awesome. go follow it on Instagram. Uh, she posted an Instagram story that I'm sure she thought had no relevance. Uh, it was back in September or something, of uh, whatever year you're listening to this, Uh, (laughs) she posted it in September and she said, uh, when you start identifying with who you are and what you're doing, things shake loose. Mm -hmm. And it just resonated with me so much. I wrote it down and I had it on my desk while I was like building up like the studio and, there are several times when you can just be like, oh, well, I don't have enough work, I don't have right. X, Y, and Z, my signal chain's not the best, and I'm not able to offer the same thing that X Mastering Studio that's been around for 20 years is able right. to offer. It's like, well, of course you're not able to. Right. It's like, you're, you're green in this, you're, of course you're not able to, do, but when you start identifying around town with what you do, it's funny how many people start saying that Matt Garber's now my mixing guy or my mastering guy. Right. Yep. I just mix. Yep. And it kind of feels like I've taken a weight off of them that they no longer have to worry about mastering. Absolutely. So yeah, it's like they awesome. have a guy and they can just play to their strengths and uh do the direct communication and everything else and for the for the artist and all the billing happens through them and um I invoice the the producer and and that's that. And yep. it's it's fantastic and he and Everybody that I do that for, they they kind of love having that that bit of freedom. Yeah. Um, so start, like like if you're doing something and you're doing it around town, like don't be boastful and stuff like that. You got to go to shows and you have to support local music. Always support local music. Right. Get your town get your and whatever you all are doing behind you. Yep. And start identifying with what you're doing. Yep. Even if you're an amateur, start identifying with what you're doing. that that confidence will get you a lot further than just shying away from it and saying, oh, well, I'm not good enough today. This is a rough Tuesday. So there's my two cents. But, yeah, failure, like, just just don't accept that as an option. It's like failure for trying or failure of trying is far greater than failure in general. Right. So it's like I'd much rather fail and have
1: tried than... Oh, absolutely. Not done anything, and that, that to me, is a greater failure. Right. Well, and the cool thing about life is you could, you can try as many times as you want. Like, it's up to you, once again. Like, that's what I tell people here is, like, if, if for some reason, like, people stopped working with me and I couldn't do this, support, you know, my life with music, I would go get another job and keep doing music. Like, I wouldn't yeah. stop. Because I, it's just, like, it's, um, it's like, who I am, you know? There's nothing else yeah. that gives me life like music does. Mm-hmm. And I think that was part of, like, the transition into full time was that, that honesty, that realization of, like, there's nothing else that kind of gets me going, like, mixing or engineering or mastering like yeah there really isn't in life and um that's something that a lot of people i think think they have but if you offered them a certain amount of money a year to do something else they would bail on music instantly like i yeah. i've had those conversations i've wrote about it in my blog some of the mentoring other people i work with like you know if i if i told you I could get you a salary job for 50 grand a year with benefits. You work nine to five Monday through Friday. Would you give up on music? And there's been plenty of people who have said like, oh yeah, totally. <laughs> like, you know, and if that's weird, if that's it's like, that, it's like there are plenty of those jobs. I, well, there are, but it's like, you know, that's a lot of money. Like 50 grand's a lot of money for people. Yeah. And it is a lot of money. And when you're in your twenties and even thirties, that's a lot of money if you're single. Yeah. You know, and when you're not making money off music and you feel like no one cares and you do that for a whole year where you feel like you're making no progress, which in reality you're planting seeds to yeah. to watch them grow. So don't expect to see any progress really year one because everything's being planted. Um, you know, after a year they're like, heck yeah, I give this up. Like, screw this. This sucks. Like, <laughs> playing to an empty room every night. Working yeah. with terrible artists, um, you know, working out of a bedroom and then you go to a million dollar studio and you're just like, well, what am I even what doing? What am I doing here? What am I doing? Like I have $1,000 yeah. of gear and three blocks away there's a guy, you know, Blackbird Studio is <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. you know, two miles from me. So it's like you have to really have this honesty with yourself and believe that like you are are supposed to do what you're supposed to do. And I like I don't care if that sounds woo woo or mystical, but like I don't think I'm here to like recreate Blackbird Studio or have that, you know. And I just have to constantly remind myself of what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing here and the type of work I'm actually great at and where I best mm-hmm. serve the music industry. Um and basically continually double down and invest into that and market that definitely and the more I've done that the more I've been honest with people the more I've and this is kind of the weird thing from like part-time to full-time is like you want to make I guess as much money as possible but you kind of grab at anything that comes your way when you're starting because you're just scrambling I feel like it was like doggy paddling or treading water when I started yeah but once I started really honing in on like what I actually love doing and started to say no to things. And there was this like kind of few month transition in Nashville where I said no to a lot of things I used to do that kind of made it slow. And then I decided, you know what, for this to really last, I want to only do things I want to do. And I don't want that to sound like entitlement, but it was more of like a focus of like, okay, once again, 40 year vision, I want to build up a clientele of people that do things that I love doing and like I'm in my sweet spot. So I'm willing to give up some temporary financial gain um, of doing things I don't really like doing and maybe having to risk having to go get a job for a year to rebuild clientele uh, in order to, to really be doing what I, what I love doing. Mm -hmm. And so I made that transition, you know, that was a transition within like full-time audio of, of leaving certain clients behind and saying, you know what, this isn't really what I want to do. And, you know, I've loved the work we do. It didn't mean we did bad work together. It's just not what I wanted to be doing. Yeah. And um, that was a really big shift for me because I I'm now, to me, doing exactly what I want to be doing. <laughs> and it's so life-giving. Like, there's nothing like it. There's nothing, you know, any job I had before that was salaried and benefit and safe and, you know, it didn't fulfill me like this did. And Mm. I think that's, once again, that's the big thing, the reality of like, if you're going to do music full time, you better, you better like really want to do it full time (laughs) because it's hard work. Uh, to me, it's the most fulfilling work, but you still have to work. Like you got to show up 40 hours or more a week to do it. And I think that's where a lot of people think, well, if I could do music full time, then actually that only means I need to work like 20 hours a week and I can do whatever I want and just kind of like sit around and make a few albums a year. And it's like, no one's doing that. <laughs> that's not real. I think
0: you, I think you also need to be, and this is going to sound weird I think you also need to be willing to go through the times where you're going to be hating it. Oh, yeah. And it's like just talking about all this stuff about working for yourself that sucks. Yeah. And this isn't complaining. This is just what happens. Oh, yeah, and it's, it's reality. And it's this is 100% about how you react exactly. to having to do some stuff that you don't like and working on projects that you do not want to work on. Right. Um, I mean, those are just realities and you're going to have to, you're going to have to go through that and you're going to deal with clients you don't want to have, you don't want Absolutely. to deal with. and Absolutely. But I mean, like it's, that will end, like that time will pass. But like yep. the biggest thing though is that like, no matter what you do, like dump everything you have into it. Yes. Because if you don't, it's like, well, what the heck are you learning from it? Besides, exactly. you don't want to work with that type of client. Yep. It's like, God forbid you challenge yourself, you know? Right. And like <laughs> that, you learn something and that you bring something out of it. Yeah. So it's like my little my little soapbox. It's like you can sit around and complain all you want about not wanting to work with somebody and yeah. that, oh, well, this sounds like crap and this yeah. started off bad and stuff like that. It's like, well, you know what? You, all that gives you is an opportunity to do something incredible with it. Right. And exactly. it's like if that's not your type of client at the end of the day, then it's not. You can turn down the work. Um, or if you're a little tight on cash and you'd like the work or whatever, just suck it up buttercup and
1: (laughs) make it work. I mean, yeah, there's, I mean, yeah, I mean, I want that to be known. Like I do things all the time still where I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm doing exactly what I love doing, but there are times where I'm like, oh, I would like to go take vacation. And so I'm going to do this. Like I'll take on this extra project. Yeah. And then all of a sudden that project isn't even back because I'm like, well, this will allow me to go on vacation, you know, like or take somebody out to dinner or like do a free project. That's it's it's all about like creating the lifestyle you want. And it, and that's what's so hard about full time audio to me, is because everybody's life looks so different. You know, like I have super low overhead because I did a build out in my house of a room. Mm-hmm. And I have buddies who you know pay fifteen hundred two thousand dollars a month in overhead just to function you know, hmm. and so right there, like we're talking a swing of twenty thousand dollars a year difference that they have to make, yeah. guaranteed they have to pay twenty grand where I don't like it's built into my mortgage, and it's far mm-hmm. less than paying two grand a month for my, room, no, that's awesome. my one room, and I think that you know i i have people ask me all the time like how am i doing what i'm doing and it's just i'm not doing anything crazy <laughs> like yeah i'm applying to business 101 i have a budget i know what i need to do i know what types of projects i need to do the amount of projects i need to do to hit my goal and i do it it's it's as simple as that and the people that to me are like, yeah, it must be nicer. You know, you just have all the best luck or yeah, it sounds so simple for you. And it's like, well, it really is either. Like you just said, like (laughs) either put in the work and you do it and you show up and you do the projects you may not want to do for a while while hopefully building, you know, up credibility or a portfolio that allows you to then do projects you want to do or you don't like it's no one owes you anything to do full-time audio and that's what i think i i see so much online and i was there too you know when i first started i had no idea what any of this meant and i had no idea even probably what full time work was 10 years ago and yeah
0: it was one, one of, of uh, one of my best friends growing up uh was a uh, this german guy his name's tom lembecker very german name and uh he had very german ways of thinking that I really appreciate today that I, like, that I, that I, that him and I were as close friends as we were. Um, and it was, if you're ever just going back and forth about something, it's like, either do it or you don't. If you want to do it, then do it. If you don't want to do it, then don't do it. Just pick one. What what are you, what are you sitting there complaining about? It's a very easy decision. It really is that simple. Either you, either you want to or you don't, and this is what you have to do if you want to do it, and if you don't want to do it, then you don't do
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. It really is that simple. Like, the secret to going part-time to full-time is you do you do the work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you don't go watch Netflix for three hours if you need a project. Like, you yeah. don't do that. You get on Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook and you contact everyone until you get a project. And the crazy thing is, is what I just said costs zero money. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what I think is so incredible. Like what I, I've just realized the last few years is like, oh my gosh, this is all free, free, free tools, free yep. marketing, unlimited resources on Instagram. Like I will never get through if I just search mix engineer because I'm a master engineer. I know every mix engineer needs a mastering engineer. Mm-hmm. I will never contact every mix engineer on Instagram my whole life. Like I just won't. Mm-hmm. So there's just like an unlimited pond to be like fishing in and you're going to get nine no's and you'll get one yes or maybe and then you'll get nine more no's and you'll get one maybe yes and then you get nine no's and then you get one, yeah, absolutely. And then you got mm-hmm. a project. like it. I don't know how else to break it down, but that's kind <clears> of <throat> to me how how I make this work. How I've made it work is it's a numbers game to me and I'm obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. And like we've talked about before, like I'm just uber optimistic. Like every no leads me closer to the yes, so I like the no's. Sickeningly optimistic. Yeah, I just love no's. Like give me the nine no's. Let's do it because I know I'm almost <laughs> gets to me the to the yes. yes. Yeah, and that mind that wasn't all of what I'm Disgusting. saying too. Isn't how I was wired. This is a mind. This is a whole life changed that's happened over Mm -hmm. the last five years like me 10 years ago would have not I'd get a no and be like well screw this screw that guy like (laughs) like that was the mentality was like entitlement I'm good why aren't people working with me why don't I have a career why isn't this easy why doesn't my band have a label deal like we made a good album why aren't people just worshiping at our feet? Like. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's like where... i rock band. This is how it works, right? Exactly. And that's where I think a lot of people's heads are at, is like, at the end of the day, at their core, they feel entitled. And when they get a no, they let it destroy them. They take it personally. They take it as an attack. And they quit after, you know, five no's. And they think, what's the point of this? And they're not mm-hmm. in it for long term. They don't have that long term vision <clears throat> of like, Okay, if this is my career, if I want it to be a career, I'm probably, if I'm 20 or 30, I'm going to be working for at least, Lord willing, 30, 40, 50 years potentially. Mm -hmm. And that is such a long time to where like, you know, and Gary Vaynerchuk, Chuck talks about this, is like if you just put in the work for the next 10 years from 20 to 30 or 30 to 40 wouldn't that be worth it to then do what you want for the rest of your life for the 40, 50 other years? <laughs> like, Yeah. You're going to be working somewhere. You can either be in corporate world working for the next 10 years and hopefully you move up. Hopefully you don't get fired. Hopefully you don't get job cuts. One or, of my
0: favorite quotes of yeah, his, Grant, I, every, every time I quote him I say that, but one of my all-time favorite quotes of his is, I would rather die on my own sword. Yeah. Like, and it's like, I'd rather die on my own sword than on somebody else's. Yeah. And I think that's
1: where it comes down to for me. I agree. And that's, that's to me, you know, I'm going to die on my own sword and then I would take it out and then go to the doctor and do it again. <laughs> like,
0: a lot of stitches, Sam.
1: Yeah. They're just, to me, like the mindset shift is you're either in it and you're going to do it and you're going to put in the work. To make this happen, and if you want to know how to make it happen, basically listen to every episode before this one because um, we've talked about clients and and things like that. Um, but yeah, if I we mean, haven't lost you by now, yeah, if we haven't lost you by now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think that's that's to me like going into full time audio looks a lot like um, for me answering emails, doing my invoicing. Having a business, doing taxes, being legal, mm-hmm. um, talking to accountants, watching online yeah. courses, reading business books, uh, asking—you know—a huge thing is finding good people around you that have already done it. Um, yeah, I'm not sure who said it, but like, it, it's essentially like if you want to be—if you want to make a hundred thousand dollars a year, hang around millionaires. If you want to make a million bucks a year, hang around billionaires. Because these people are doing what you want to do in a month essentially yeah. um, that you're trying to do in your whole year. And that, that's to me, I applied that to music of like, if I want to do this long term, I need to meet some guys that are in their 50s. How the heck did they do this? Like yeah, <laughs> they have done it and they're crushing it. And yeah. what can I do to have like one hour of their time, whatever it takes? Like I'd pay a $1,000 for it because it would give me 30, 40 years of wisdom instantly in hmm. an hour that then I could apply and probably, you know, take off 15 years of work of like trial and error. Hmm. Um, and that's, what I, that's part of my thing too. When I switched from, part of the reason why I moved here was like I moved here, I tried to find people, anybody that would give me an hour, 20 minutes, 10 minutes, it didn't matter. I went to events. I find these old people. I wasn't there to be like a cool hipster kid. I would go find the old people and I would just ask them like, what do they do? How do they do it? Do you like it? What's that like? If you could tell me like one thing to do, what would it be? And then I would just do that and it works. Like,
0: <laughs> I don't. Yeah. There's a, there's a saying in the pilot world of there are old pilots and there are bold pilots, but there are never old, bold pilots. Hmm. It's like, go find the person who's stuck it out and who's made it work and figure out what's going on. I mean, while ways of reaching out to people and communicating and marketing are different, not a lot else has changed in terms of business practices and treating people with respect and how to deal with, like, clients that might be a little tad unruly. Yep. So... Real yeah. quick.
1: Yeah, here, you can go ahead. I was just gonna say one little, one last thing is like you just have to too, in all this when you transition. Like you have to, you have to be super honest with your skill level and what you're actually qualified to do. Um, because I, I had this idea that if I moved here, I just like would be, I don't know, like if I could just work on a Keith Urban album, then. Like, that would be great. But when I moved here, if someone would have been like, yeah, Keith wants to hire you, I would have been terrible. (laughs) Like, Yeah. I would have peed the bed and, like, would have been a terrible fit back then. And now it's like, yeah, I I would do well on a Keith Urban album. But I think that was one of those things, once again, is, like, realistically, when I (coughs) moved here, in the saturation of talent here, it was like, what am I qualified to actually do and make money on? Mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm a pretty good like demo publishing guy right now like <laughs> you know and then you start building up your skill level and you start leveraging that but i think that's a big thing with a lot of people i i talk to is like they they romanticize about this career that they wish they had or that somebody else has and, and they say oh it must be nice or that that's must be great and easy but it's like no one is doing massive albums who, ha- like, hasn't put in the work. Like, I don't know anybody who's just lucked out on, you know, making a career, making a ton of money. Maybe there's one or two people. I don't know. To me, I've never met But, I mean, you
0: wouldn't of... have the skill base yeah, in order exactly. to do that.
1: Yeah, and I think so that's... So, it's like
0: you need the experience.
1: Yeah. It's, like
0: the, it's like how bizarre the job market was after the recession. It's like, or yeah. during the recession. It's like when I got out of college, like, every resident or every... Job application description, whatever it was. Yeah, so like, this isn't what it said, but it's my analogy of what it said is that we want a virgin with three years sexual experience. <laughs> right. right, is what they were looking for. So it's like you need you need to have the you need to have the background in order to, right. to make it work. Yeah, sometimes you can BS it, but I don't see how you
1: can really do that too much. Well, and you uh, can't with this. The thing with being in Nashville is you can't BS it here. Because people will call you out and they sniff it a mile away. I mean, if you don't know what you're doing in a session, somebody there is going to know immediately and be like, this guy's out. You got to get him out. Like, we're going to take a coffee break and this guy's going home and someone else is going to (laughs) take over. Like, I've been in that situation. (laughs) where,
0: Like to where you've had to go home?
1: No, I haven't, thankfully, (laughs) because I've known my role very quickly of like, I'm here to make tea. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> you were the
1: guy making tea while the other guy got canned. Exactly. I mean, I've been in those situations where they're like, "Hey, uh, let's just take a little early lunch break," <laughs> and like they make some phone calls. They, I mean, I've watched guys cancel, quote unquote, cancel a session for the afternoon just to get the people out to get different people in for the Dang. afternoon evening because it was it was wasting time and someone yeah. had overpromised or had you know lied about what they could actually do. Um, and that's to me in this town, like something I like is like talent rises quickly. I feel like, because there's, it's not that people are lying. It's just to do really great pro audio takes, like you're saying a lot of experience and time. And that's why you have to have like this really long-term vision because most of the time people just literally can't hack it, you know? And that doesn't mean you quit, but that means... You keep working and then in 10 years you can't hack it. And then in 20 years you're like the guy everybody comes and asks advice for. And then 30 years you're like, you know, a unicorn. You're a wizard. <laughs> like, Yeah. Um, and I think if you don't have that mindset of like you're going to – you need to continually be learning and be honest with where you're at and know your strengths, know what you need to hire out or just say you can't do, there's nothing more respectful than being in a session if someone's like – Hey, can you like chart out some string stuff and And I'm like, mm, nope, <laughs> like I have no idea how to do that, but I know yeah. someone who does, and it's never an issue. They're not like I've never had anyone be like, "Well, then you can't produce this album, you know, yeah. because there's string parts, like I'm not a good string person, but I will hire someone whose expertise is strings, and then everybody's happy, you know yeah, it's gonna sound awesome, yeah, and I think that's you know that's a big thing so like just summarize it be super honest with your skill level where you're at don't be afraid to ask for help don't be afraid to have a weakness and you know work on those things and you know there's no there's no shame in where you're at currently like i want people to know that too like there's no shame at your level skill level there's no shame in having a job there's no shame in being part-time audio that doesn't mean you're bad at audio um When I
0: think this is a good segue into, I know there are people who are like, but Matt and Sam, I physically cannot make that happen right now. Yeah. Like, I physically cannot make the switch into doing that whatever situation you're in, and to all those people out there, I'm in the same boat, but it's not that I necessarily like want to be in that position or that I want to go full-time either. Um I've kind of said this in other episodes that I'm feeling out uh the industry here in Charleston, which is awesome. If you don't if you, if you haven't gotten into Charleston music yet, you should just you should just find some bands here and just just kind of dive in. It's awesome. Yeah. Um but the scene here is growing and it's absolutely fantastic and for some reasons like my gut is telling me grow with the scene, don't grow faster than the scene. Yeah. And I don't know why, so that's what I'm doing, is I'm taking on as much scene work as I can, and I'm trying to uh, turn out as best a product as I can, and to help as many people out, and just, I don't know, it's not not like getting known or anything else, it's just doing work and putting in the time. Right. And that's what my gut's telling me to do, and I'm working a regular job. Granted, I am my own boss in that other job. Yeah. Um, but it's like I'm not going to abandon, like, what I have going on in order to go uh, mastering full-time. I just – I like, where I am right now, that would not be a healthy thing to do. Right. Plus, it's like I'd want where mastering would be to be able to be – relatively the same level of pay so i can make that switch and i know like whenever you do that nine times out of ten you're going to take a a bit of a dip right in order to make that happen but um yeah to people who are like i can't get there yet and this is not like this is not like currently where my life is or maybe it's just a hobby and you're just listening to this because you like the sound of uh you like the sound of mine and sam's voice (laughs) thank you um that's fine. Right. I actually do know somebody. It's my one of my best friends, Ellis. His girlfriend. They're like they like oh, listen to this podcast, and she's like, "I just like the sound of your voice, Matt." <laughs> I like the sound of your voice, and that's too, fine. Man. Yeah, and that's fine. Thank you, Sam. I do. And <laughs> So, in general, don't don't push it. If you're not there yet, don't worry about it. Don't. Right. Don't get yourself into some weird financial situation because oh, Matt and Sam not. told you to, because that's not what we're telling you to do. No. We're saying that if you're, if all the cards are lining up, and like, I mean, cards don't even have to all line up. If it's right. just something that you know that you want to do and you feel like you have the drive to make it happen, then go ahead and do that and take that leap. And, but just make sure you have something so that like whenever you take that leap, that. Like, you have work. You have right. immediate work. Don't go jumping into something blind right. and being, like, a month later or 15 days later, like, well, what the heck's going on? Right. I haven't gotten any work yet. It's like, well, did you have that lined up before you did exactly. that? Yeah. So, and it's like, what what clients do you have lined up before you do that? It's like, don't just jump into nothing. Right. It's like, have, like, a studio job or something lined up just so that you have uh, people that you're networking with. Yeah. Um, so... But yeah, if you're not there yet or if you don't even ever want to be there, that's completely fine. Right. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I don't know if I'll ever be there. Um, I think it would be awesome. Um, My next step is to kind of do what Sam's doing when my my wife and I buy a house that um, she's gracious enough to say, why don't you put a studio out back? And I'm like, that's funny. That's what Sam did. So, And that would be fantastic so you don't have that... uh, Two or three thousand dollar a month rent overhead, right, or even if you're just renting a room out from a place and then you're having to outfit it and put all yep. gear in it and everything yep. else and whatever you're gonna do um so but yeah, if you're not there yet, don't worry about it. Absolutely. and don't rush it. Yeah. Cuz it's like a, it's a really sweet process and there's absolutely no point in rushing it.
1: Yeah. And I think so, that's the thing. Like that's brilliant to bring up because there is no rushing it. Like enjoy the ride. Yeah, like there's no fast way to do this. Really, other than like trying to even doing it like I'll say the right way if you were to like get a great a great bunch of mentors around you, people that have done it for a long time. It's still gonna take a lot of time. And like yeah. that I think is maybe the biggest thing with people is like the patience, that long term vision of like it may take me ten years to become full time audio. Like that's the reality of it, you know, for people. Like it may take yeah. over ten years. It took me, you know, I don't know, five years, six years to really You were start. telling me you were telling me that uh you said to
0: your wife that when y'all, it might've been when you moved or maybe before that when you wanted to get into this, you said, this is going to be like at least a 10 year commitment. Exactly. Yep. And I need you on board with yeah. this. I lit. And yeah, I did that before and you said to your wife, when she started her business that you, that like this needs, like, we're going to put the necessary time and money into this. Right. To make sure that it becomes something, and if you don't right. like it after that time, then that's fine. But at exactly. least you say that, hey, we put the necessary time that was
1: needed yep. into this. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, and that's so important.
1: Yeah, and I think so that's, awesome. That's to me for some reason that helped as like a as like a bookend of like, okay, I'm going to give music a try for ten years. That's what I'm giving myself after mm-hmm. ten years, and that doesn't mean you you'd quit your job and just start 10 years. That means like I worked jobs and then transitioned to do it. But it was one of those things after 10 years, if I am just, if it's just not happening, like if I'm not making money, if there's no potential, like it could be 10 years and then the 10th year be like, oh yeah, it's kind of rolling now. And I'd be like, cool, now I'm in it. But yeah, that that was something we, you know, I brought up when we got engaged was like, i want to do music like this is what i'm doing like i want Mm -hmm. you to know this is my goal (laughs) and um and that's what was said and she said sure i'm on board you know in that i don't even want to call it luck like i found someone who who loves me and loves what i do and is a good um partner you know and that took time you know yeah like all of this stuff, like everything, all the the success, whatever you want to call it, or being able to go full time, like for me, I look back on it and like it was all about intentionality of like mm-hmm. making it as easy as possible to go full time, um, and that's where I feel like a lot of people make it so hard because they don't want to move, they don't want to sacrifice, they don't want to give up anything, they just want to instantly have a career and that it just doesn't work that way. Mm. And um I guess at the end of the day like it's for some people and it's not for some people. And it yeah. also could be for me too like a season, you know, like maybe this is what I do for x amount of years and then I'm like, you know what? Audio's been great. Love ya but I want to go fix cars. Like, I don't know, you know? I mean, and sometimes it just doesn't work out. Yeah, and sometimes it doesn't work out, and that's... And re- it sucks. Yeah, and, <laughs> and that's it But it's okay. Right, yeah. It's like when I thought I would become, like, a auto-tune rapper artist a long time ago. <laughs> and you know what? It just didn't work. Like, I Sam hasn't
0: given up on that dream yet. I haven't. It's still... Coming out this May.
1: Yeah, it's coming out. But that was one of those things where, like, when I was a band and artist and I was like... I'm going to be an artist. I'm doing it. Like, I'm going to do it. And then I learned, wow, I'm pretty bad at this. Like, this is way hard. I don't sound great. And this just isn't happening. (laughs) That was it, you know? It was like, okay, that was a fun season, putting that to rest. Now I'm doing something else. And I think that's kind of like the 10-year commitment to me was, like, very serious but also kind of, like, light. I hold it very lightly of, like, yeah you know, how, how crazy is it that we even get to, to try and do it, you know? Yeah. Um, that we even have the opportunity, the freedom to even attempt to be self-employed, to even attempt to, um, do music quote unquote full time. Like that perspective to me has changed everything to where, you know, anytime something comes in feedback or something now, I'm just like, okay, cool. Like, Let's make your project better. Let's fix some things. Like there's, it's that shift of like being frustrated. Instead of being frustrated, you just, you ed- help educate people. Like you, you move on, you move forward and, and you just are grateful that you even have any kind of work. And I think that's the yeah. thing with like, I know like people in town who are quote unquote part-time music and are, they freaking love it. Like they love both jobs they have or three jobs they have. Like I have a buddy who, who loves doing Lyft. And then he's also a touring drummer. Like he loves both. And he'll hmm. probably never be quote unquote full-time drumming because he likes talking to people in a car. Like, I don't know. Like it's stuff like that where the I think people romanticize this idea of full-time a lot too. Of like yeah. it's some holy grail thing to 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 have, it and like and if, if you do it, it means you're fulfilled or something i know people who are full-time audio right now who hate their life like it's it's all about the perspective and all about making sure like where you're at and what you're going after or after is really about the right things mm-hmm. and um you know that was a big that was part of my big shift of going part-time to full-time was i want to do full-time audio because this is what i feel like i'm wired to do uh there's not really another option not because I'm naive, but because this is what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing and um, I'm going to figure it out. And that's what Mm -hmm. I did so far, you know, and Lord willing, it will keep going. But if it doesn't, I will just grieve it and say thank you for those years and then go do something else, you know, if I'm alive. (laughs) So that's kind of my... good. Yeah. And that's kind of all i have i feel like (laughs) no man it was pretty darn solid (laughs) so that and this is all once again i feel like i talked a lot in this episode but it's all too like this is just my opinion and my experience like i don't want anyone to hear this podcast and be like i gotta do it like that like yeah this is just my opinion this is what works with my lifestyle this is how i've been able to do it and you could probably interview a thousand different people and they all have different stories um, of how they made it happen. And so that's what, like, the big thing with with this podcast is, like, like Matt said, like, don't do anything drastic. <laughs> like, don't go just quit your job tomorrow and be like, I'm going to do full-time audio and it'll be fine. Um, you, <laughs> It will not be fine. Yeah, it will not be fine. <laughs> You're going to get smacked with life in the morning. Um. But yeah, I mean, this is just strictly my opinion and what's kind of worked for me and what I've, at the end of the day, for me, the big things are like staying in my lane, putting in that work, sacrificing and being disciplined of, I'm going to get X amount of projects to hit my goal and I'm not doing anything else until I do that. Like, I don't get to have free time. I don't get to go out and drink cocktails. I don't get to go binge watch Netflix, like and that for me is what i have to do. Maybe other mm. people can do it differently and that's awesome, but for me that's what it's t- it's taken is like giving up a lot of things, you know, to get to where i want to be. And now that i've done that, now i can kind of like you know, reintroduce fun things again mm. because i've put in that work over the last 10 years. And um i think that's the important thing, like where you're at right now, be it if it's part-time, like this is a part of your journey and your transition into full-time, you know? And full-time is just like a a title we've created as humans because you could be full-time already and only be, you know, quote unquote working part-time. If that makes Mm -hmm. sense. It's just, it's all a label. So don't let that stop you or be discouraging. So that's my thoughts on all that. Well,
0: neat man. Do, uh, I don't think we missed anything. If anybody has any questions or comments or anything, just feel free to reach out. I think I say question, comments, concerns, cries of outrage. Yes. Feel free to reach out. Um, If you like this episode, please um, give a thumbs up, stars, like, whatever you can, wherever you're listening. Um, Comment, please. And uh, if you didn't like it, please write in and tell us why. And how we can fix it to better help you out. Or if you have any episode suggestions, please let us know that as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think our I think a couple episodes ago, or one that just launched was listener generated. So yep. it's always great getting that. And if you like stuff and getting that affirmation is always pretty sweet as well. It's so lovely. Sam normally sends that to me and I send it to him. So thank you very much if you do that. Yes, thank you, everyone. Um, So yeah, Sam, you have anything else for the people out in podcast land? Uh, I think it's whatever you're having. Have a good one. Morning, afternoon, evening, whatever y'all having, have a darn good one. Have a good one. Sam? Cueing music. Okay. (laughs) Cue the music, Sam.
1: Cueing.